the end of the day, if we're not supposed to have these restaurants and they're to close, then that is what is in the cards for me. And I'm not going to let it ruin my life. I'm scrappy. And if I need to go get a job at Domino's and, and deliver pizza, I'll do it. I'm not worried about my livelihood. Hi, I'm Nelson Murray, and you're listening to Talking Squarely. There isn't one playbook for running a business, and the decisions business owners face are rarely straightforward. Every other week, we'll bring together independent business owners to have frank discussions and share their perspectives on some of the most pressing issues impacting their lives, from the changing rules of commerce to work-life balance. The COVID-19 pandemic has reshaped the global economy, and in many ways, small businesses have been hardest hit. Four business owners from across the country discuss how their respective regions are approaching life after coronavirus, how they're grappling with a potential return to a new normal, and their experiences navigating it all. I started a handmade biscuit business 15 years ago with my mom, Callie's Recipe. That's Carrie Mori, owner of Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. It started out as an online mail order business only and evolved into selling wholesale to grocery stores, which then also evolved into um, opening grab-and-go eateries, which now we have four, two in Charleston, one in Atlanta, one in Charlotte, and a food truck, and a cookbook. Her Charlotte location opened just five weeks before the pandemic hit in March. Another business owner familiar with managing multiple locations is Mark Magliozzi, a restaurateur located in New Jersey. I currently own three different restaurants with a bunch of different partners, but all in the similar area, probably within half a mile from each other. Dozino is wood-fired pizza. Corto is my second, well, third restaurant. I shut one down in the meantime. Corto is an Italian restaurant um, focusing on handmade pastas. And then Bread and Salt, I just partner up um, with my partner, which is primarily a bakery and constantly evolving. In Florida, Callie Lobel and Lindsay Wesley are a sister duo who started their business together in 2011. Our store, Juxtapose Apparel and Studio, is a women's clothing store. We also sell home furnishings, gifts, accessories, and art, and we also offer interior design services through the shop. And while these business owners may be geographically spread out, all are facing similar obstacles as they continue to try to keep their businesses afloat during this unpredictable time. Being in Florida, we're so used to, during the spring, being outdoors and being in a mixed-use shopping center. So obviously during a time when a stay-at-home order is taking place in your city, foot traffic is not happening. So I think for us, the number one impact it had was not only did we obviously have to close, but the lack of foot traffic that all of the small businesses in the area had. Yeah, we're definitely in a similar boat. We were um, on March 17th, getting into the beginning of our busy season. And all of our bake shops were booming with tourists and lines out the door. And things were great. And now we are um Barely open on the eatery side. You know, we're, we have the doors locked. I have two employees max in there three days a week filling the very few app and delivery orders that are coming in. Also, this is a huge catering time for us. So all of our catering events were obviously canceled, which is a huge revenue loss. And 
really the silver lining is that to have the online component and the wholesale because grocery stores are booming right now is what's keeping us alive. But it did not stop us from unfortunately having to lay off over 40 people. My main concern was my employees and keeping them, you know, I, my employees have been with me at Dozino since I almost opened, making sure that they had a paycheck, making sure that they were able to support their families. Um, similar to my other restaurants, uh, on all levels, our concern was making sure that everyone was able to pay their bills. Um, we obviously have seen a drop off in sales for all restaurants, but we've also adapted, I think, instantly. I don't know how familiar everybody is with Hoboken, but it is super neighborhoody, um, and it's super supportive of their 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 own here. Um, so we've been getting tons of support. People going the extra mile, tipping the extra mile, making sure everything you know is good with us. Asking us, I know business will never be new back to normal for a while at least, but I mean I think that's an ever adaptable is kind of how we have to describe the way that we're going right now. I think that is really important to note is how much our customers want to support their own community. Um, I think that's really great um, for Mark and Hoboken, and I'm sure for Carrie and Charleston as well. Yeah, I also, uh, touching on the neighborhood uh, aspect of it, I also like open my restaurant for other neighborhood. Like I have friends that have other businesses that are selling stuff out of my restaurant because I'm, I'm kind of lucky in Dozino, lucky that we have a corner, uh, a corner property and I have windows all around it. So we've been serving our food out the window, but we've also been, we have a, I have a, a friend who owns a bakery, uh, Sugar Suckle. Um, she would bring her, her kits in and we would, she would be selling them for us because she's kind of out of the way. Um, and customers would be coming into our restaurant, getting stuff from, from her, just making sure that not just us, but everyone around us kind of survives. It's just all bets are off. I feel like, I mean, we went, we went through Sandy here in, in Hoboken. Um, and I'm sure in South Carolina, you guys have been through through storms and it wiped out a bunch of businesses. And it, it just, I think I had that mind frame of like, I don't want to see stuff happen like that again, where places go out of business, anything you can do to help. During times of heartache and things like that, your community kind of comes around a certain theme or a certain event that's going on. Um, but this is so unique because it's a worldwide pandemic. And so it's interesting hearing from all you know different states and how it's affecting other people. It's kind of also difficult to navigate being open and being sensitive to how you personally are affected and how you personally feel it should be handled without being offensive. So it's, it's an interesting you know, it's what is this new normal and it's changing. So I think it's, I don't want to say it's comforting to know that everyone's in this together, but in a way it's not just a Florida thing. It's not just a South Carolina thing. You know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Callie is right. The COVID-19 pandemic is an issue that everyone is dealing with, but the approach to recovery varies widely from state to state. As of May 20th, all 50 states had already begun lifting restrictions on businesses. For those situated in regions that have relaxed stay-at-home guidelines, the challenges that come with reopening are already starting to take shape. I have an incredible accountant, an attorney, and you know those things really help a ton, and I lean on them daily. As far as running businesses in three different states, it is almost impossible to keep up with, and I think that at the end of the day, 
I have to do what makes me feel most comfortable and my staff. And so we're, we have Zoom calls with our staff. Like, what is, what is the mood? What does it look like outside your store since I'm not there? Tell me what the neighbors are doing. How do you feel? How does the staff feel? We are not in any hurry to open our doors. My shops are also so small that I can technically only let four customers in at a time. On a busy Saturday, there's no less than 30 in my shop and it's all grab and go. So life is looking very different for us. And, you know, we have masks for everyone, gloves, plexiglass guards, um, you know, decals with signs that tell you what to do if you've ordered online versus coming in and where we want you to wait. And it's really about what your, your, level of comfort is and what your staff's level is com- of comfort is and making sure that everybody feels feels great. I don't know that we won't close again. So, you know, there are no rules anymore. I feel like it's like the wild, wild west. We're just going to do what we feel comfortable with. And today we're going to open and tomorrow we might not. We opened on May 5th. Um, we keep our doors open so that customers don't have to touch the door when they come in. Um, Out front, we have a sign that says five customers at a time, masks encouraged. After a customer checks out, we make sure that our employees know to keep everything super clean, even the rack straight, just so that aesthetically it looks as straight as it possibly can, just so that customers feel more comfortable coming in and shopping. We welcome people in, but just five at a time. We offer masks. There's hand sanitizer in the village where our shopping center is located. I think a big part is just communicating with your employees and asking them what we need to do to make them feel safe. And then if we get feedback from customers, we need to make sure that we implement what they're asking for so they'll continue to shop at Juxtapose. Some people are just not comfortable coming out and shopping with the general public right now. So we were offering kind of a closed shopping experience with you know, your quarantine, if you will. I don't know how people are comfortable in Tampa. I don't know how people are comfortable in Charleston. Um, It's really based on, you know, the the people that come up to the window and order, they all say the same thing. We cannot wait to come back. We cannot wait to come back. But I'm like, you know, is that a true statement? Or are you going to watch the news and be like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't know if I should. Um, You know, so we want to make sure that we're smart about that too. I mean, that's the thought now is, how we're going to be comfortable, how the public is going to be comfortable. Um, you know, you talked about closing the restaurant, uh, closing your store down to um, deal with one client at a time. Like, yeah, all bets are on, uh, everything is on the table. Beyond connecting directly with customers and gauging their comfort levels, business owners are also turning to each other for advice and relying on local government for support. Callie touched on how mandated street closures created an opportunity for safe outdoor dining. One thing that the city's done, it doesn't affect us as much as it does the restaurants, but I think it was a really great call, um, was to close down seven main streets in our in our community in South Tampa um, for restaurants to expand their outdoor dining to help, you know, in an outdoor shopping center like ours, if people are going to the restaurants, they're going to come out shopping as well. So one thing that I think South Tampa has done a phenomenal job on is expanding outdoor dining into the streets. I wish I could say that that we had done that. I know it's been talked about and I'm hoping that that will happen eventually, but we haven't seen that yet in our town. Um, But I have to say that I do feel like Charleston, specifically the restaurant industry has been a leader in 
trying to do everything they can to advocate, lobby um, on a state and a national level for the independent restaurants. And, um, you know, actually just today I got an email from the Travel Council. How can we help you? Do you need free masks? Can we send you hand sanitizer? So they're constantly checking in too and they're, and they're asking what we need. But I mean, Charleston has and always will be one of the number one destinations for tourism. So until people feel safe and can come back and visit our city, we are all going to struggle. Our leaders that are in Hoboken now are really awesome about let's figure out what we need to do to help these. We're not just going to shut down and say, you're not going to, you can't do anything. They're looking at what do we have to do to get you guys support? Like what, what, what do you need? It'd be great if they told all the landlords don't accept any, any rent, but uh, that's not realistic, I guess. Trying to predict the future has many business owners anxious about what lies ahead for their businesses. But any entrepreneur will tell you that in times of adversity, embracing change is often the key to not only surviving, but thriving. Part of what it means to have a small business is to evolve and to adapt. It's a sad truth that unless you start adapting to the changing times, some of these small businesses will get left behind um, because they're not willing to be flexible. And I think that the biggest thing is being ad adapting and being flexible to change. I think we're doing what we have to do to make it work. We know that we started this business with a, an, just an idea. So at the end of the day, if this idea doesn't pan out, we'll come up with another one. I look at the positive of everything. I don't really try to focus on negative. Um, there's plenty of people that can do that. So uh, just just move forward. That, that's really kind of how I how I look at everything. My favorite quote is from Bob Gill. Um, he's a graphic designer. I went to school for graphic design. If you ask the right questions, the design will design yourself. The, the design will design itself. Um, so I just, you just, if you're having a tough time, just, you know, you got to ask the right questions. You got to figure out, you know, if you have to close your business, you have to close your business. If you have to, you know, let some employees go for, the, for, for a little bit, you got to let some employees go for a little bit. But just keep on asking questions because, I mean, that's the only way to solve a problem. You can't be afraid to ask people for help and advice when you are facing an issue because you never know what kind of advice you'll get from somebody and it might be the most helpful thing in, in the world. I know this sounds so old fashioned, but the thing that I've been working on and I try to do it every day is I get a list every day of everyone who has ordered from us in the last week and I'm writing handwritten thank you notes of gratitude. I have a lot of time on my hands, so writing notes and telling people how much we appreciate their loyalty and, and business not only has, um, you know, made me feel good, but it, I think that, that they like it too, because we get a lot of feedback on that. Every day is a new opportunity. I try every day to wake up excited and go to bed proud. So I want to like seize the day, be excited about the, the, the opportunities that I have and feel and try to work hard and feel like, okay, I did as much as I could today. And if it didn't work, we're going to wake up and we're going to try again tomorrow. Seize the day. It's the mantra that all three of our guests seem to live by as they look for a way through this new normal. And as we continue to move forward during this pandemic, we can all take a lesson from these business owners who, staring at a sometimes uncertain future, have turned to their staff, their communities, 
and each other to find their path. A special thanks to our guests, Carrie, Callie, Lindsay, and Mark. Callie's Hot Little Biscuit has locations in Charleston, Atlanta, and Charlotte. You can also visit their website at calliesbiscuits.com and find them on Instagram at Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. Juxtapose is currently open at the Hyde Park Village in Tampa, Florida. You can find them online at shopjuxtapose.com and follow them on Instagram at shop.juxtapose. Dozino is located in Hoboken, New Jersey, and both Bread and Salt and Corto are located in Jersey City, New Jersey. You can follow each restaurant on Instagram, Dozino at Dozino, Bread and Salt at Bread and Salt Bakery, and Corto at Corto underscore JC. You've been listening to Talking Squarely, a Square production. This episode was produced by Mallory Russell, Cindy Lewis, Elise Bailey, Caitlin Kiefer, Evan Grohl, John Scarpinato, and Travis Gonzalez. Our music was composed by Jordan Wallace, with sound recording by Mike Sorrentino and Jamie Cohen. I'm Nelson Murray. Thanks for listening. <laughs>